Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, this is Chesney Hawks here. You are watching My Hammers 11 with the one and only Russ. Hi everybody, Russ of My Hammers 11. Hope you're all safe and whatever your channel. Please subscribing, hit the bell icon so you may have any time I put new content on. Oh, I thought I was going to do it in one hit. I was going to do it in one breath. Anyway, it doesn't matter. If you're new channel, please subscribe. Yada, yada, yada. I'd like to thank Untuck It, our channel sponsors. Check them out in the description below. Why don't you become a patron or a, or a member, a channel member? Very new, very exciting. Anyway, today's guest, it's taken ages to get him on, but it's because he comes on every Friday anyway, and I forget that we haven't had him on the show yet, so we finally got one in the show. It's James. How are you doing, Jim? All good, mate. All good. Um, yeah, loving life at the minute. Being a West Ham fan, as we all are, it's... Uh, it's it's surreal at the minute as fans because we we don't yeah. see it like this ever. But no. I must admit, we've got to embrace it. That's the only thing I'm going to say. Yeah, we've got to re we've got to enjoy it because West Ham don't always do this. Every, it's every like sort of, it's every thirty five years we might do this. So. <laughs> that's a good point that's a good point you know i was i was thinking i should actually i'd be interested to talk to guys who are like who are like like you know supporters obviously i was i was a few years old the 85 86 but like find supporters who because obviously that's they must have felt exactly the same you know it was even more so because you know they were going for the title really until you know you know it could have been a different story but um yeah i know what you mean it is surreal it's surreal when you like you sort of, I was doing like my, my end of season predictor league and I was like not mm. looking at the bottom half or the bottom four or five teams, mm. you know, it was, it was the top team. So look, as you said, we got to embrace it, innit? Don't worry about it. it we do, mate. Um, at the end of the day, this club has been through some hard times and yeah. like we've seen, it wasn't so long ago that this club nearly went out of business. Like mm. if it wasn't, uh, especially for the Icelandics and all that and the, uh, yeah. the chairman there going bankrupt. So, um, as a fan, I feel proud of this club at the minute. I feel proud to be a West Ham mm. fan. There's been times where I've looked at the club and I thought, like, it's just not good. It's not a good look. Like, do you know what I mean? And yeah, um, recently, over the last sort of few years, they've sort of progressed slowly 
it is mm. a slow progression over there. Um, yeah. Obviously, it all goes back to the five years when we left Upton Park, let's be honest. Yeah. Um, and that will, I think, until we progress and all the fans see that, that's when people might start to let the past go. It's, do you know what I mean? If that mm. makes sense, yeah. they'll start letting go of, of the ground and all that. If they see a team that looks, they look at that team and think, well, that's, that's our team there from the team that we had in 2016. Mm. Um we, we would look at it a bit different, I think. Maybe we'd go, you know what, the past is the past. It's like when someone dies in your family or something, it's hard at the time. And then yeah. as time goes on, you grieve and you get over it and you learn to adapt. And that's how we've got to be with the way things are at the minute. Yeah, that's that's a really good way of looking at it. And actually, when you interview the older fans, they're, they're, so, they're so much more to the man more positive of the move knowing what it's going mm. to bring to the next generation of kid, you know of, of supporters and i think mm. it's that sort of middle ground where there's always you know i don't know what a split is but you know i'm very pro i was very pro the move just because i was just because from in- infrastructure mm. perspective but yeah i know what you mean it is like if we'd come out of the bowling i think the trouble is because that bowling season was such a, a, a that last season was so amazing but then you look at it in isolation right and you're thinking mm. yeah Arguably now, I think our performances now are much more exciting than that season. They had we had one one or two players or one player that season who was who was everything was centered around. Mm. Well this you know, we talk about we talk about West Ham fan, you know, we, we want our players to fight for the badge and da da da. This team, if you put those teams against each mm-hmm. other, this team will piss on that team. Absolutely yeah. piss on it. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. But the thing is now, it's all about the summer, in my opinion. Like, yes. I think this yeah, summer yeah. we have to... Well, we're at a level now where we've got a sort of stability. Like, what it is, there's no egos in the team now. Like, yeah. there, there's no egos. Sure. There's no, like, um, anyone who thinks they're above their station. They're all in it together. They're all fighting for the same cause, basically. Mm-hmm. And me, personally, it goes back It goes back to this summer now. Like, and it will be about this summer. Like, we... If we yeah. progress and we sign a few players and we do get into Europe, right? I, I do believe strongly that from yesterday's result with Leicester, this basically opens open the door and we've just got yes. to walk through the door now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so for me, if they get us into Europe with any form, whether it's Champions League or it's Europa League, it's a great achievement. It's how you pr- progress onto that because, as I've said on numerous places by numerous platforms yeah we won't be here for long if we don't wait if you stand still the only place you go is backwards you have to keep progressing each year like you have to add another player add two more players and you know what i mean and go to that sort of level that i think we all deserve really mate we've seen enough of these relegation battles last us a lifetime do you know what I mean? it's true yeah it's true it's one of those things where i think you know and it seems obviously you know you join you join the live streams and stuff and see uh, mm-hmm. on, on my channel and there's there's a lot of like non-west ham fans on there and they're all really yeah. confident really excited to see west ham there because right we've had a we've had a, you know we have a torrid time you know we've, as you said you know we haven't won anything for for 41 years um you know it's my yeah. lifetime in my life anything proper oh yeah, yeah. it's a cup but you know but you know nothing proper yeah. a couple of betway cups but that's it and um and yeah, so it's it's nice to see, but also it's nice for football. I think for it was like when Leicester won the league, when it? it sort of shook everything mm. up a little bit, and it meant for football that the big clubs had to go and spend to get back in. They were getting a bit complacent, you mm. know. And and, yeah. and this season is a, it's a strange season. It has been strange, but mm. we've taken full advantage of that strangeness. 
which is very unusual for us. It's really unusual. Yeah. Usually uh, an opportunity yeah. to be presented. It used to always be we'd get into the top seven and we'd always fail, mm. you know, but you know, an opportunity is being presented to us to make a difference and get into Europe this year. And we're taking it, which is so unusual for us. I think that's why we're a little bit in cuckoo land at the moment. Um, cause we half mm. expected, I half expected Leicester to turn us out, you know, just cause it's just West Ham, you know, Newcastle, you know, Chelsea to turn us out, you know, cause it's just mm. like always that damp squid at the end of the I year. Think I think mean, it's the mentality, the Russ. Yeah. I think it's the mentality. I think our mentality has always been West Ham will do well for one game against the big yeah. boys and they'll go and lose three against like three relegated teams or something. Do you know what I mean? That's just the yeah. mentality of the club and it always has been. And I think what it is, that mentality has to change. If we're going to progress, we have to start believing that, yeah, we will get that Champions League because I'm not seeing anything at present to make me think otherwise. Like every, each game yeah. they're going into it, they're going into it with confidence. Um, they're believing in their ability and the togetherness of the team is enough for me to prove that, you know what, this team is a solid foundation. Do you know what I mean? If you've got mm. a solid foundation, you're going to progress like well. I think any team, any teams who's got people in there who can be a hindrance, like mm. uh, it can also, it can derail. But I don't know. I just, I, I believe in the next few years, we might be starting to see a, a change at West Ham, like as in mm. like the, uh, the philosophy might start to change. But you've got to realise like, I'm 34 years old. I've never seen us win anything. I've seen mm. us get to um, playoff finals, lose one, win one, an FA Cup final where we've lost in like in a big game. And I've never seen anything like to to sort of go. You know what? Like that's a good memory. Like mm. the playoff final in um, 2006, uh, five, I think it was, yeah. against Preston. That was that was a good moment. The Blackpool playoff final was a good moment. But then the relegations in the 03 and things like that wasn't. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. It's true. It's true. But I think also there's that sort of like, and I, I totally agree with you mean about, about sort of a, a change in mentality, a foundation. That's, that's what I've seen with Moyes um, coming in, in terms of, you know, when Pellegrini came in, he just thought you could throw money at it. And it yeah. will work. And it yeah. will work if you're in Man City because you've got another, you've got basically three squads there. So if that mm. play don't work, that one will work and that one will work. It doesn't happen with West Ham. And I think, you know, where we, you know, we've we almost sort of jumped before we could leap a little, before we could walk a little bit. And now with Moyes, he's sort of like taking two steps back. Right. Okay. Let's, mm. it's like, you know, when you, it's like, I always say you can, you can buy a beautiful apartment on Canary Wharf, but if the foundations of the building are shit, it's going to collapse. Mm. And I think that's, <laughs> that's, right. and that's what happens in it. And, that, and now we're, yeah. now we're starting to build it up and you're right. We will. And then we will get to get, get to the, you know, level by level, we're going to get higher and higher. Mm. And as you said, it's this summer's massive in terms of obviously the hat, the recruitment and what we bring in and to see, you know, for me now, I'm not, I mean, if we finish Champions League, fantastic. You know, if we finish mm. in Europa League, brilliant. Whatever we get is going to be, is going to be brilliant. But as you mm. said, it's it's about next year now. And it's like where we finish mm. next year, because we're not used to competing on different levels. And if we have to compete in Europe as well as everything else, it's going yeah. to be a bit interesting. It's going to be interesting. It's, it's all about ambition yeah. to me. Like the, the key word is ambition here. Like if, if the owners are ambitious and we are in the Champions League, then let's be honest, with the, the running of fixtures that we've got, I look at yeah. the Chelsea and Everton game, me personally, as two hard games, right? They're two good mm. teams. They've, they've got two very good managers. The other five, 
are favourable fixtures. And, and as I've said it before, uh, previous, if you could hand pick your own fixtures yeah. to have your last yeah. five game, five yeah. games, a couple of them teams would be in it. Like your Burnley would be in it, your Brighton would be in it, and your West Brom definitely would be in it. So it's um, it's it's going to be interesting. And like we've got, as I say, right, and I've sort of said it quite a few times, like we've got to embrace it, mate, because I see mm. things on social media where people sort of. I, I think it's because it's the West Ham way. Right? Yes. People think, yeah. you know you know what, it's, it's so good, this is too good to be true and it could yeah. drop. <laughs> but I'm, I've not seen that with this team this year. Every time they've 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 done something, they've done it well and um, the only thing that does it <laughs> with all of us is our art problems because they keep conceding, uh, conceding goals in the 90th minutes and things like that. It I don't is. know how we're going to cope, but... You're mean? right. You're right. It's 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 because it's, it's, it's been ingrained in us for so many years that there's going to be this speed mm. bump and there's going to be this this drop that we're almost we're almost sort of speculating it. So when it happens, we will say, "Told you so." Told yeah. you so. You know. So for yeah. example, Declan Rice getting injured. Oh, that's it. We're done. We're done. Mark Noble's going to come in and play absolute dog. Last two games, best I've seen him play for about eighteen months, two years, I reckon, in terms of him yeah. playing in the right. But he's playing. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. and everyone's like, "Oh well, good old Mark." And then it's like, "Oh, you know, Antonio's like, oh, that's it, that's it." Bowen came in, scored yesterday, played mm. didn't play too bad. Yeah, it's almost like they're, they're just ready. They, you know, we're trying to, so, you know, oh, so oh, I told you so. I told you we'd fuck up. You yeah. know, it's uh, yeah, it, it's it's, but it is inherently ingrained in us. It will take it. It will take a while. It's the same as you know, people. You know, if if we'd as you said, if we'd left the bowling and we'd gone straight into um, the London Stadium. And we're, mm. you know, top of the league, or, or we're in Europe. Da, da, da. All that, mm. all that hoo ha would have been not quashed, but it, it wouldn't yeah. be so so much. But it did, and, and it, yeah, yeah. I would say it would have been suppressed. Like it would have yeah. been it would, it, people. It would have been suppressed for a little while, but I think like the team itself as a team this year is more together than I've ever seen it for a long, long time. I agree. Like, yeah. I've never seen that. I've never seen this team so um, united, <laughs> like as a like sort of, uh, yeah. I mean, and as they are united, and I, I do believe, obviously, as I say, the summer is key, mate, and obviously the signings that we have to make in the summer, yeah. i.e., Jesse Lingard is is a must. Like if you're gonna, if you're if you're gonna like, because I've I don't know about you, Russ, but I've had enough of seeing this club fight in relegation every week in yeah. week out, year in year out, and it's. It's about yeah. time we started to think about going up to the next level and yeah. started to sort of realise that, you know what, we are a big club in London. Like We're not yeah. just little old West Ham who, like, one good game, two bad games, you know what I mean? We're, a, we're, we're in a... Um, it's a lovely stadium where we're in and we've got to attract top-quality players to that stadium. Yeah. And honestly, yeah. I, do, I do believe we can do that. I think we can. I think we can. I think, you know, the, the fact is... You know, we're getting on a on a greater world stage now. Uh, in mm. terms of people are paying attention kinder to us now, which which does mm. sort of prick people's ears up. If you're in Europe, whether it is in Europa, even the Europa Conference, mm. you know, it does it that attracts a different caliber of you know. And you're right, you know, it's ironic because the typical West Hamness of us, when when like Big Sam came in and would get like tenth or twelfth or mm. or Kerbishly or you know these everyone was like oh it's so boring you know <laughs> and it's yeah. like you know and I'm the, I'm the same as you i could do with like half a dozen boring seasons now just get you know 10th yeah. for the cup run that's what i'm bothered about you know 
And so it's funny, isn't it, how we sort of like would change our perspective of things. So it's like everyone's like, oh, Christ, still on a goat being a relegation battle. We had that mm. with Big Sam and everyone started moaning about Big Sam's football. It's like it was boring, but he was he did the job. You know, same as it was, oh, David Moyes, oh, he's coming. You know, the last three games, we scored nine goals. Think, yeah, we've conceded. <laughs> we conceded. I think if we know. was, if we was to sort of, like for argument's sake, if we finished 10th this season, like just for argument's sake, yeah. we would have all been happy anyway because we, cause, cause we sure. stayed up after the poor start. But when you're sort of seven games away from possibly the best finish you're ever likely to have, especially in the current climate and under this ownership that we're under, I personally think that's one of the best achievements and that beats yeah. any cup. Like, because yeah. when you look at the likes and you've got to look at the, the finances of it, like your Manchester United, your Man City, yeah. Liverpool, your Chelsea's. Chelsea went out in the summer and paid 240 million out for multiple amounts of talent. And we're, we're getting a loan signing from Manchester United and Craig Dawson on a 2.2 deal from Watford. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. just... It, like you've got to look at it sort of in got stamina and go you know what we don't we shouldn't be there but we are there but we've got to embrace it because we the way we're playing and sometimes hard work and um and togetherness and spirit amongst anything else uh but team spirit goes yeah. a long way you know yeah. what i mean so true so true and you're, you're right what you say it's like you know it's, it's one of those things where i think you know we've got a team that we're proud of now and actually it's yeah. horrible what's happened um with everything in the pandemic and stuff but from a purely um selfish west ham perspective you know when that you know the in the summer it was horrible in the summer it was mm. horrible there was a real you know in that first game grady just been sold noble had done his tweet and mm. you know, we haven't bought anyone and it would have been awful it would have been awful that ground mm. toxic it would have been toxic but now the fans are going back and hopefully if everything works, you know, Southampton 10,000 or whatever, and the next mm. season, hopefully a full capacity, everyone's going to be itching to go back to, mm. they've got a team, as you said, a team that they're proud of. And mm. that will just, I mean, the, the frustrating thing is, yeah, we, you know, it, it benefited us not having fans definitely at the, in the ground at the beginning of the season. Mm. Now, if we'd had fans, we yeah. wouldn't have lost that Arsenal. We don't enjoy it's lost. We drew, we wouldn't have drawn that Arsenal game. We'd have won that Arsenal mm. game. We'd have probably gone on further with Leicester yesterday. We wouldn't have had these sort of claps because you haven't got mm. the, you know, it's almost like you need that that twelfth man to go right. Yeah. Adverses Wolves would probably have equalised on last Monday. So you know, mm. <laughs> give it a bit. Yeah. <laughs> but do you think though, Russ? Do you think though, really, in one way, this might be the biggest favour that's ever happened, yeah. i.e., having no fans there, because yeah. I think it was getting to a stage where it was getting so toxic in a way that something would happen and it would just spark up everyone. Like, and yeah. I, don't get me wrong, I'd I'd hold my hand up and I'd happily admit that sometimes I would spark up and say, this is this is unacceptable as a fan mm. and as a support of this club all my life. And okay, um, yeah. and the way I look at it is now is it time apart is good because now there's yes. time apart, like you've got the fans sitting from afar seeing how well the team's doing. And when they go back and the team does go one nil down, or the team does concede a goal, we ain't going to be mm. going through the right, way, going, yeah. yeah, on their back straight away. We're going to believe that if this team's good enough to go, you know what, this team can get back in this. And yeah. uh, we've got a squad and a manager who, let's be honest, a lot of fans were sceptical about yeah. at the start. And um, I think he's proved all of us wrong. I think if we, I think what we are getting with Moyes at present is the David Moyes of Everton. 
Yes. The, the man who went out and signed uh, Leighton Baines for 500,000 and Tim Catehill and Mikel Arteta and Stephen Pienaar amongst a few. Do you know what I mean? And he, um, he knows how to find players and he does it very well. And I think now the fans can sort of go sit back and go, you know what? We can, we can let him do his job now. Yeah, you know I mean, totally rather agree. than criticize. Yeah, totally. And you're right. It, it is, you know, I think everyone, everyone's perception of, of Moyes was was tainted by basically Man United and Sunderland, you know. But you know, yeah. and, and obviously Rio Sociedad for a brief time. But as you said, for Preston, he was he was strong. He did a great job at Preston, and Everton yeah. was his was was his masterpiece, so to speak. Ten years get some, yeah. to, you know, from from the bottom to the top almost. Um, he's done it with us in 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 less than a season, um, mm. really. Yeah, it's just quite crazy. So, and what I like about him is he has that sort of he has that plan in his head. So he's going to talk. So you know the way everything's sorted in terms of I don't know in terms of the way contracts have been set up. It's clearly this year's the striker, this summer's the striker, mm. and then next year will be the goalkeeper. Or you know the, the, you know so there's going to mm. be like it's 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 building parts and yeah. It's good. It's, it makes like there's a plan, you know. I think, you know, uh, to be fair, the last manager I reckon who's had a plan was probably Big Sam. You know what I mm. mean? Instead of a plan, yeah. I think Billich was like, and it worked because he had Pyatt. Mm. He didn't really, you yeah. know, there wasn't like, it was always like, give it to Pyatt. If Pyatt's not there, there's no plan B. Mm-hmm. I mean, to be fair, Moyes has had plan A, B, C, D, and E, and probably F he's had this this year with all yeah. so many injuries and stuff like mm. that. Pellegrini was the same. In my opinion, yeah. just throw money in it, see what happens. So I just think come in with Moyes, a plan. Yeah, I just think Moyes is sort of um, all the signings that he has signed have worked at the right time. Yeah, like he hasn't really had a signing. Yeah, he hasn't had a signing really. What's gone bad, so to speak? Yeah. Like he signed to Jared Bones, your Suchek, your Cafals, your Dawson's. He's obviously signed Ben Rama, who I'd like to see more of, but obviously he can't. He's, he's on the bench at present. But all the signings, yeah. even the Lingard signing, is a, is a masterstroke, really, considering he was sitting in Old Trafford doing nothing and he had been out of action for about a year. And yeah. um, for him to go up there and get him on a loan fee for £1.5 million is pretty well, damn amazing, really. Mentally, <laughs> he's, 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 he's gone from Man United re, you know, reserve to mm. potential starter at the Euros, you know, you know in terms yeah. of... so. You know, it just shows he's got, you know, he has, he has his eye, you know. I know people call him Diverin Dave and stuff like that. But, mm. you know, when they work, they work. You know what I mean? It's like, mm. I'd rather have, you know, two or three Lingards, you know, a season yeah. than, than 10 Arbelowers, you know. You know, you know yeah. just get, get the numbers in. Yeah. I'd rather get quality rather than quantity. Yeah, that's right. Quality. Yeah, so um, yeah. we'll see, man. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Anyway, agree, anyway, anyway, first question. 21 minutes in. Hmm. <laughs> Why West Ham? <laughs> Why West Ham, Jim? Um, family, mate. I've got yeah. family from East London. Um, I had a granddad who lived in Plasto. Um, my mum is from Forest Gate. My dad's from Canning Town. And he was born into me, mate, really. Um, I used to... like I, I live in Dagenham, and I've lived in Dagenham majority of my life, but my family are all from the East End of London. And... Um, mm. Basically, it was either West Ham or become homeless. Basically, and I don't, I don't fancy becoming homeless. So no, I thought, no. you know what, I'll, I'll be, a, I'll be a West Ham fan. So um, yeah, and I've just followed them from the eight to ten, mate. Really, if I, if I speak the honest truth, like nine, ten, it was. 
Mm. And um, yeah, it was. Uh, it's been a rocky road. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I think it's it's it, and again, it's, it's one of these things with West Ham. The boy in West Ham is it's not uh, a lifestyle choice. It's it's a calling, isn't it? Really, you mm. wouldn't, you know. There's been some people I've interviewed. As you, I mean, I know you go on the American Hammer stuff quite mm. a lot. As a lot of them guys have, have sort of picked West Ham. You know, you know, there's mm. no necessarily a bloodline or anything. They picked them, which. Mm. Always to surprise me, um, but for us, it's, it's it was more a calling rather than a, a, a rather than a lifestyle choice. You mm. know, we had to support West Ham, and, and you're right, it's not. You know, part of me, it, although it's nice having this, you know, doing what we do at the moment, it's mm. it's so on West Ham. I, I feel a bit mm. dirty. Do you know? I feel a bit dirty <laughs> looking at like fourth in the league. You know, it doesn't seem right. You know, it seems like yeah. we're not moaning about any, anything in terms of league position, or we're, or we're trying to hope that Burnley get a draw, so you know we stay up. It's, it's, mm. it's, it's something slightly wrong with it and off-putting. But as you said, and then once you're in, you're in, aren't you? Once you go to that first mm. game, when was when was your first game? You said '96, wasn't it? Or my my game was um, my first ever game was Alvin Martin's testimonial. Nice. I went to Alvin Martin's testimony. He had just finished. He had played um, Chelsea, and I think they, uh, I Chelsea won four three. And I went there, and obviously as like a first time. But my actual like first real games were sort of towards the end of the nineties. Obviously, growing up, um, times were hard, uh, especially in my household, and sometimes you couldn't afford to go to a game. And when I did, I sort of embraced it. As I got older, yeah. then you start to sort of enjoy it more. But um, one of the games that I actually did go to, which was uh, pretty famous, is the 5-4 against Bradford, which yep. was absolutely mental. Like, it was 4-2 down at half-time, I believe. And, uh, yeah, it was just it was just, it was was just, just a mental game. And, uh, obviously, I've seen I've seen West Ham on the telly, the 97 Cup game uh, with Arsenal, the FA Cup game, when uh, Samasia beat Mr. Penalty and all that. And, yeah, just, yeah. Like, as a kid growing up, there was a lot of banter in schools uh, with me being a West Ham fan, being at the lower end. And if we were to nick a win against the top teams, it was like, it was like unbelievable sort of thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But we always did, didn't we? A few, a few times a season, it? we'd, we'd always, mm. we'd always knock one, not knock one out, that's the wrong expression, but we'd always get one, you know, we'd, we'd, mm. we'd always knock a couple of those teams off their pedestal a little bit for, those, yeah. for that sort of week. You could go back into school smiling because you'd beaten Chelsea or Arsenal or, or Man mm. United usually, wasn't it? But you're right. It's, 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 it's one of those things where, as you said, you know, because because you, you didn't go very often, when you did, it, you embraced it even more. And so, mm. you know, you really took everything in, knowing not necessarily when your next game was coming. Mm. So, yeah, that's really sweet, actually. But as you said, you know, living in Dagenham, I'd imagine, you know, most people were probably West Ham fans when there's probably a yeah. cross-section, wasn't there? So yeah. They didn't have well, too obviously, much stick. obviously, the, the tra- uh, training ground was Chadderleaf. So, Chadderleaf's like five minutes away from your house. So, yeah. it's just, it's always been... Like I've always lived close to the area, and obviously family roots and everything. And you just, yeah, you just, it doesn't like a club doesn't uh, pick you. You sort of pick the club in a way, yeah. and the club sort of comes to you, sort of thing. And yeah, it was, it was. Um, like obviously, grab there's games that I've seen like at key times. Like obviously, as I've sort of as I got a little bit older, like the 2000 and the, the 99 season was a good season. Like. With the like the Intertoto Cup, yeah. things like that, and um, but yeah, it was uh, it was all good when I was young, and it started to go downhill. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true, isn't it? Yeah, it's so true, yeah. man. But yeah, no, it's it's very. I I find it fascinating how everyone sort of 
a lot of people, as you said, like yourselves, you know, you're sort of born into it. So, you know, but mm. even like, as you said, I know you do with, with the Hammers Pole stuff, you know, as you speak to people all over mm. the world and some of their stories, I just find it incredible, absolutely incredible. Yeah. So, um, no, it's, it's, I find it so bizarre with this little silly, funny little club mm. in East London and, you know, people from Bangalore want to support us. Mm. Yeah. Really? He's mad, I must admit. <laughs> I, I, I mean, like, what you were saying about the Hammers Pole stuff, I speak to a lot of Americans and, yeah. like, it's mad. Like, I'll be honest, Russ, when I started doing a lot of the stuff and I was speaking to Americans, I thought, I hope they're not supporting West Ham because they've watched the film, like, yeah, Green Street yeah. or something. Well, a few and, do, and a, few, a few have. Yeah. You know, so yeah. that's just makes and sense. And I was, yeah, I was like... I don't, they don't get it but I was a bit naive to it at the start and then as I started talking to different people I was starting to find out that they're, they're as passionate as us do you know what I mean yeah. and even like and the commitment of, of what the Americans and Canadians and even people in Thailand for instance um, do to get up and watch a game like 3 o'clock oh. 4 o'clock in the morning and they're, like, they're sitting there with like beers and like it's like like a main event sort of thing like it would be for us if it's a boxing at four o'clock in the morning yeah, yeah it's yeah. um it means a, it means a lot like for me i've always sort of how can i put it i've been in dagnum i could get on a train at Eastway. i'll be in upton park in like 15 minutes right do you know what i mean and it's like it's there it's sort of on the train i'm there yeah but for these people it, they're thousands of miles away and um yeah as i say they're they're as committed as like you and oh, me yeah do you know what? And I, yeah. honestly, sometimes I'll be perfectly honest. Sometimes more than me, I'll be honest. I don't think I would. I probably would actually saying it, but I don't think I would get up at four o'clock in the morning to watch West Ham play. Mm. Maybe this West Ham team, maybe. But mm. you know, from a relegation, you know, just because it's just like I just find it, yeah. But it's like it's it's, it's their way of life, you know, in terms of yeah. like the Fresno Irons or as you said the Thailand guys or the Australian yeah. guys we have on all the time or, you know, the Hong Kong blokes and it's brilliant. I love it. I love it. Right. Anyway, yeah. anyway, so let's go into this 11. So the idea is we, we, we pick 11, you can pick whoever you want. Uh, the mm. criteria is you have to be alive to have seen them play. That's the only rule. That's the only rule. You pick whoever you want, man. So, uh, and I believe you're trying to be sneaky and play a four, three, three as well. Yeah, I am. <laughs> I'm just gonna uh, ever, put it out there. ever the ever the entertainer, ever the entertainer. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, staff between the sticks, then Jim. Who's in goal? Uh, Robert Green for me, mate. I yeah. I think he was the best goalkeeper. Obviously, I could have put Ludo in. I could have put David James in, leading up to sort of Fab and other goalkeepers in recent yeah. times, but. Rob Green for me was the one, mate. I um, I thought he was decent. I thought he was England's number one for a few years. And um, that season, that great escape season where we managed to get out of it, one of the games that I remember him being absolutely phenomenal was the Arsenal away game where he literally saved everything. Uh, Arsenal had about 25 mm -hmm. shots on goal and he was saving absolutely everything. Um, towards his time at West Ham, he started, he started to fade a bit. Um, but he, for the time he was with us, he done a lot of good things, and yeah, he's my number one, mate. Yeah, you're right. I mean, as you said, you, you reeled off three or four decent goalkeepers, and it's the it's the one position we've never struggled with, I don't think, for a prolonged mm. period of time. We, six month period last year, we struggled, mm. but apart from that, you know, it's 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 a goalkeeper. The goalkeeper is always a position which we don't tend to struggle too often, or not. You know, mm. obviously after Ludo yeah. left, we had a lot of loan signings, Lamar and various others. But yeah. you know, as you said, Greeno, Yaskalainen, you know, we had some yeah. good. See, I could have put, 
I could have put Shaka in there. Shaka was close yeah. to going in there. Obviously, I grew up like seeing Shaka, and um, David James was another one who was close. But I thought, you know what, with, with Rob Green, he was he, he he was the first signing where we thought, you know what, we've got a really good goalkeeper here who can stay yeah. with us for a long time, and um, he did like to a point. But uh, yeah, he was he was top draw. He, it was a shame, really, how it all sort of ended with him. Like, but he, he sort of faded out, obviously, after the England thing in 2010 with the USA and the mistake. But he was good for us. When we signed him, we signed a good goalkeeper. Yeah, it's true. We did. And as you said, that one mistake, as far as the goalkeepers, it is it's one mistake, isn't it? Mm. One mistake sort of, uh, what's the word? It's sort of uh, bullet points their career. You know, so it's like mm. that USA game, bullet points career. Mm. Scott Carson. That crazy that game he went through his legs or whatever, you know, it, it's always one. There's always, and that's yeah. really unfortunate. You know, the fact is, I don't know, Antonio misses misses an, an open goal, you know, or he's forgotten about in a week's time, you know, mm. or Ugbonna does a stray back pass to Fabianski. Doesn't matter, mm. but goalkeeper is so critical, and any mistake they make is yeah. picked up. Right, okay, we'll put Greeno in goal. Okay, centre half. So you got three of them then, or where he plays back three. Who, who you got? Right, who's your first? I'm going one? for James Collins. The ginger James Pele, Collins, the ginger Pele himself. Do you know what? Uh, with this team, I respect uh, Lorty, and uh, he's one of the, one of the fine ones for Lorty. He stayed with yeah. us through uh, thick and thin. Really good signing, a really good signing from Cardiff, I must admit. Um, he came with Danny Gabadon, who were two really good defenders, and Danny Gabadon was mm. very close to going in there. I, li- I like uh, Gabadon. I thought he was top draw, but I think. James, he's he's always been with us. He's always been with us through thick and thin. He left to go to Villa, and then he decided it was time to come home, and he he come home, and he's here yeah, his time with us only a few years ago. And um, yeah, he was top draw, like top draw uh, defender. Was. And I I really I really like the way he played. He wasn't the best defender in the world, but he was committed, no. and he he loved the club sort of thing. He's that, but he's that type of defender that we like as West Ham fans. Mm. Is that body on the line you mentioned Alvin Martin same type of player body mm. on the line obviously Mr Dawson very similar again you know and that's why I like we like the Czech mm. boys as well because they do the same thing you know literally they'll mm. put their body on the line to get the ball you're not going the goal and yeah Pellet, G- GP's just yeah lovely bloke and as you said he's one of those guys who's who was committed I think him going coming back made him more of a legend I think if he stayed yeah at West Ham, he may not have been here for his, the prolonged career because he may have, you know, improved. And got, but, you know, obviously going to Villa, mm-hmm. he, he was a, he was part of Richard Dunn and he came back and he had a lot of that, that sort of traits in the way mm-hmm. he played. More rugged, more... Yeah. Less, not cultured, but just, yeah, like proper British defenders. I think that's why yeah. we liked him so much. Um, right, yeah. okay, GP's in. Who's next? Mr. Rio Ferdinand. Um he was one of the players that I see sort of growing up at West Ham. Yeah. Like when I was a young lad, seeing Rio come through the ranks. And it broke my heart, mate, when he had to go. Like £18 million to Leeds. Um, but I could understand it. £18 million 22 years ago was a lot of money. And um, totally. basically, it sort of changed like, like West Ham, in a sense, like buying the, the stand and getting some players in, even though the players weren't that good that we brought in. But, um, yeah, he was, uh, it was a sh- it's just a shame that he had to go. Like, I think we could have mm. kept him for a few more years and look what he'd become. He'd become, like, a Champions League winner, Premier League winner, 
he's won every medal going. Do you know what I mean? Um, and he was just top class, mate. Um, he's got his allegiances to Manchester United, obviously playing for them, but he, I don't think he likes to admit it, but he still have got a soft spot for West Ham, obviously knowing yeah. that it was a, the team that sort of made him, basically. Definitely. Definitely. And mm. the fact that Ant- uh, obviously Anton then followed his footsteps as well. So there's always mm. that sort of, there's always that connection, that family connection. But I totally agree with what you mean. Particularly as obviously Leeds didn't have, he wasn't at Leeds for a long time and they flipped him and trebled their mm. money, basically, almost, or, or two and a half times their money. So, mm. yeah. Interesting. Yeah, but I love, I, where is in mind? I think it was great. Just complete, obviously, contrast from, from, from Ginger Pele in terms of being more cultured and whatnot. But, Mm. Yeah, he wouldn't. I, I agree. He still has that sort of. I'm sure he still has a soft spot for West Ham. That's for sure. Right. GP mm. Rio. Who's next? The one and only mate, the Terminator, Mister Julian yeah. Dix. This man was the one that I see for the first time ever. Like when I was first watched West Ham, I see Julian Dix, and he was like, you know what, left back, master penalty taker. Uh, mm. Loved to tackle, committed, uh, would bleed for the shirt, and uh, yeah, mate, he was like idol growing up. Like everyone wanted to be him. Um, obviously, he come back with Slav uh, and was assistant manager uh, at the time at the club, and yeah, he was just top draw, mate. He was top draw, um, and he loved the club and all. Like he's another one who I've got a lot of players in this team who. Loved the club, and he's yeah. a, he's another one who who loved the club totally. Yeah, you're totally right, man. He totally did. And as you said, it's 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 as you said, left back or whatever. You know, not not the particularly most exciting position in the world, but he became where well, he is. He's like our he's he's our Bobby Moore. Not Bobby Moore is too far, but he's our mm. you know he's in he's in that echelon of player, isn't he? That sort of legend of the club, a cult hero. Cult hero is probably better than yeah. Legend, to say he's in a you sort know. of generation, Russ. Yeah. If you look at generations, like people go through the nineties. The first person they would think in the nineties is the Canio, then probably then Dix, mm. as in growing up in the nineties. So yeah. yeah, no, he's top draw, top bloke, lovely man. Lovely bloke. Right, okay. We'll put Julian in. So that's the that's the back three goalkeeper. Let's move into the mm. midfield then, Jim. Who have we got in the midfield? Who's your first one? Uh, tricky Trev. Oh, Trevor Sinclair, mate. Mate, what a player. What oh, a player. Loved, I loved him. I loved this man so much growing up. Um, Pace knew where the goal was. We signed yeah. him from QPR and his debut was against uh, Tottenham, I believe. Or he scored on his debut, like brace on his debut, but um, I can't remember who it was against. Everton but uh, I think it was Everton or, or Tottenham, one of the two. And um, yeah, he become literally a West Ham icon, like. Mm. And uh, yeah, he sort of when he's at West Ham, he's greeted with open arms because of what he done for the club. He um, he assisted one of the best goals ever to be seen at uh, the bowling, and yeah. yeah, he was it was just. He was just top class, mate. And he, do you know what? He was one of the first players sort of to go into the England team in the early 2000s. And mm-hmm. we was also proud of him because he came to us. And when we signed him, we didn't know what we was going to what we was going to respect. But when he when he turned up, he was he was phenomenal for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was. He was. He, he, he totally was, man. And also, I think you know he we sort of resurrected his career. 
Um, mm. You know, he was sort of floundering. Obviously, we've had him on a few times. He's a, he's a top, top bloke. And he talks about that time when he was at QPR and he wanted to leave and Jerry Francis had just left and da-da-da. Mm. And... And he was like, he, he didn't even know if he was going to make it at West Ham. He was like, you know, because he turned up and it was all these big personalities. He's thinking, am I the right, you know, can mm. I do it? And it's like, well, of course you fucking do it, idiot. You know, but, you know, he, he, he had no confidence, no confidence in himself. And then as he's, you know, you know he's scoring a brace on his debut, obviously mm. the last person since then was obviously Lingard to do that. Mm. So, you know, he's, yeah, no, he's brilliant. He's brilliant. And he loves the club. Absolutely loves the club. Still does. Still does. Mm. Which is great to see. Great to see, man. Mm. Right, Tricky Trev's in. Who's next? Um, 400 appearances uh, yesterday. Uh, it has to be Mark Noble, mate. And yeah. the reason why this man is in is because he has been loyal throughout. He stayed mm. with us through thick and thin. And I respect loyalty. Right, I respect a man who's sort of who's committed to the cause and doesn't chase the pan, no. He he chases, he loves the club as much as we do mm. and he yeah. knows what it means to every fan and um, do you know what, when I see the thing about him retiring I cried and I won't, I'm not even afraid to admit it, I cried mate mm. because it makes me sad because it's an end of an era because we won't see that ever again in regards of um, in regards of Noble, if that makes sense, we won't see yeah. that um, sort of one player uh, to play for one club only do you know what I mean, so he's he's been with us through thick and thin he's seen uh, FA Cup heartache, playoff heartache, multiple times, and we've been promoted a few times with him, and he's obviously gone through a lot with in regards of the club. So, yeah, he has to be in there. He uh, he wasn't always the most skillful player, but he was committed. He was good on the ball, and he he knew how to pass, and he knows how to take a penalty, you know. Yeah, exactly. And you're right. There is, the, <laughs> you know, he's he's one of those things as well, which I think with him. I think you're right. There's that sort of sense of loyalty. Um, there's a sense of being on. It's, it's it's unusual, isn't it? Having it said nowadays, not back in the day, but in our days, it's, it's unusual having a player stay with one club. Obviously, you know, there's only eight other people I think who have played 400 Premier League appearance, Premier League games for this for one club um, mm. ever, which you know, it just shows you. Um, and and it is it's the end of a of a, of a, of a, of a not just an era but an end of a dying breed you know that's yeah. a one man club or you never know potentially one person but I don't think that will happen now in the modern game unfortunately but yeah. um, no it's just brilliant I think just brilliant I just I, I think it's fantastic he's class and having having a fan in your team being a captain as well you know mm. is is such an unusual thing again back in the day it wasn't unusual. You know, and, and as I said, I think Noble has more, you know, and obviously everyone talks about, obviously, yeah, yeah Bonds, Brookin, Moore, Peters, Hurst, those, those type of players. But Noble stuck with us for, was it 17 seasons? And we've won fuck all. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's been like, it's been, it's been yeah. hard graft. It's been hard graft for him and he's kept going. Do you know what I mean? That, and yeah, yeah. And obviously, Bobby Moore won, won trophies at West Ham in England. Uh, Brookin won, won obviously West Ham, you know, and, and, and mm. certainly B- Billy Bonds, Frank Lampard Senior won FA Cups as well. But Mark Noble's won nothing, he, and he's still there. He's he's loyalty though is just phenomenal. Like, uh, yeah. what it is, you can go you can go and play for a club. All like he could go and play for if he was to go and play for us at Fulham, for instance, it would it would mean nothing to him because he don't mm. support him, he don't follow the club, he's got no, he's just an employee at the club. But to West Ham. It means something to him, and he, 
And when you've got a player who, who you know it means something to, he knows how every fan mm. feels. And yeah, he um, he was top draw, mate. And it's it's going to be a sad day uh, next season when he is the last game because um, I don't think we're going to ever see the likes of that again. Yeah. It's true. It's horrible yeah, thinking it, but it's true. But, it's, yeah. but I know we've got the, but at least you know it's, it's done the right way. We've got the we've got the last season to say goodbye properly. Hopefully, mm. fans will be in the back in the stadium. Yeah. and it's it's you know there could have been a possibility where it would have finished this season, which would have been awful. Mm. Um, yeah. So you know, in, in in the grand scheme of things, you know he, he's done the right thing, and also he's given us a year to prepare ourselves. You know what I mean? A season, mm. rather than sort of come out in Jan, <laughs> rather than come out next yeah. next January to say that's it. I'm not. I'm not coming. Go, oh God! I've only got four months or five months left here. We've got a season yeah. to come to terms with it. And uh, no, yeah. he's an absolute absolute legend of the club. I love him. Right. Okay. So we've got Sinks. We've got Noble. Who's next? Declan Rice, mate. Uh, I think this lad. I know he's young, and yeah. maybe in a few years' time, I'll be looking back at this, and he might be at, at a big club somewhere else with like big ambitions but at the minute he is one of the best players one of the best defensive midfielders I've seen for a long time yeah. in football um, I think he's what he's doing for this club uh, in the future when Noble does hand over the baton to Rice as a captain mm. I think if he stays here for the whole of his career he becomes a legend and he becomes up there with people like Bobby Moore I, I do yeah, believe yeah, that, yeah. honestly, and, uh, uh, for our generation, so to speak. But um, I think he's just pure class, mate. Box to box, um, I think his tackling's excellent in this in this day and age, uh, where you are not really like tackling that. It's sort of try and get stamped out a bit, but he tackles in a way that he knows how to win the ball. And um, yeah, he's just top class, mate. And it's important uh, that we keep this man and build around him because we've got a talent there and mm. he's getting better and better and he's only 22. Yeah, it's mental, isn't it? It's mental when you think how young he is and how he came to play mm. for us already. And you, you're right, you know, there's, there's players we revere who uh, who have only played a handful of games, you know, and mm. and, and he's played over, was it 120 games, something like that, for, for like, you know, it's absolutely mental. Um, mm. And... He's already, you know, it's just the impact he makes on the team. It's like, yeah. I mean, and now what I like is people are starting to get it. So, like, people mm. outside of West Ham are starting to get it. So, that Poland game, people started to get it. Because usually mm. Twitter's always like, unless it's West Ham, everyone's like, who's this, who's this idiot? You know, yeah, type of thing. Yeah. People are getting it now, which is great. Yeah. Because it's great, cause, but it's also not great because it means that more people are, keep, are putting eyes on him. So, you know, yeah. one hand giveth, the other taketh away. So... <laughs> <laughs> that's it yeah you know I mean so true oh, but I love him I love him right Declan Rice is in so we've got Sinks we've got Noble we've got Rice who's next Dimitri Pyatt mate I'm afraid oh, I know so. <laughs> yeah well we did have him at one stage but um, yeah it's that final season at the bowling goes down to a lot of things but it also goes down to having a, a world class player in our ranks and he was a world class player who was arguably an hundred million pound player at, at that time. Oh, his yeah. free kicks, his free kicks were phenomenal. His finishing was excellent. Um, what he done to, what he brung to the team was just flair and imagination and just mm. absolute class act. And it's a shame how it ended 
the way it did because a lot of people look at him negatively now. But we needed like a um, sort of focal person, and like as in expressing himself on the pitch in the final yeah. game at the bowling, and he was the man who arrived and done that for us. And uh, I will always be grateful for that last season at the bowling because we can look back on that final game at, against Manchester United. We can look back on all the games through that Sorry. final okay. game, and it's he he was. 90% involved in most of the stuff that we've done good. So yeah. for me, um, he was top class. Um, and it's just a shame how it ended really. But uh, what he did, did bring was a world-class like player coming to our club. Yeah. And it, and it, it, it you know, obviously there's, there's, there's slight parallels at the moment to, to Jaylings really in terms of the impact, you know, you know, when, yeah. when a player is that good, they look head and heels above their head and toe, head and shoulders, yeah, head and shoulders, head and heels. How'd that work? How would head and heels work? Head and shoulders um, above the rest of the, t- you know, because he did. He came in, Pyatt, and he was just like, from day one, bang, go. Mm. I'm that good. I can rebone these people. I can do this. I can do these free kicks. Same as Jaylings, mm. I think. Now, you know, he came in, bang, straight away, two goals straight away. Um, and he was just brilliant. He was so, and I think, I think people, uh, you know, I think the, the animosity towards Pyatt has, has died somewhat. You know, because people now look mm. because after it's like about five years, people look back mm. romantically at that time at the bowling, and knowing mm. he gave us that extra that last year. If it wasn't mm. for him, we wouldn't have had that season. He wouldn't have had it. Mm. You know, it was him. Yeah. You know, and it was like it was passes to Pyatt. You know, but mm. as you said, having having a situation where you get a a, a one of well a Ballon d'Or nominee in your in your mm. team. They're going to happen again, mate. That don't happen to us. No, <laughs> that's what I mean. So, again, embrace it while it, while it lasted. Yeah. But, uh, right, that's okay, right. there's your four. There's your four. Okay, the three up front. Who's your first one? Um, I'm going to uh, go with Dean Ashton for my first one. Uh, yeah. I know I'm, I'm going to leave till last, but uh, Dean Ashton for me was... Um, do you know what we had? We had a top class player on our hands, yeah. and it was just and yet again, for what he brought to the team before he got injured and he had to cut his career short. He was he would have been up there with the likes of Harry Kane of Definitely. now, because he was good in the air, good on the ground, yeah. skillful, knew knew where the goal was, and he was like a natural finisher, like to say you know what he's going to score these goals, like and um, what we would give for a Dean Ashton in our squad. Today, oh, because I think he perfect foil, wouldn't he? Yeah, he was he was phenomenal, mate. He was really good. Uh, we signed him from Norwich, uh, and yeah, he, uh, previously he come from Crew, and he was a, he was just top class, mate. He's a top class player, top class bloke, and all like really nice bloke. And um, it's just sad. It was just a sad moment that he he gets injured and it ruins his career for, on international duty when he's. He's done so well to get to the international call-up. He goes to the internationals, like training, gets injured, and it ruins his career. So, so yeah, true, Dean National, really it's good one of those as well, he's like, again, this is similar to Declan Rice. You want him to play well, perform well at international mm. level for himself. But then you're like, oh, but don't perform too well because I don't want you to go. And that's the same with Dean Ashton. We wanted him, you know, it was great that he was getting into England squad, but, you know, obviously he got injured and then absolutely fucked up his career. And mm. I think with Dino as well, you're, you're totally right. He's the most, I mean, to me, I always say he is the striker Harry Kane wishes he was. 
because I mm. think he had everything. Kane's got a great shot on him. You know, he's got a great leap. But he'll never beat a man with skill. He'll never beat him at a five-yard pace. Dino wasn't blistering, but he had that five yards, you know, and he could get past people. He'd score all different types of goals. I, I wouldn't see Harry Kane doing a bicycle kick. Yeah. That's what I would yeah, say. Yeah, I agree, yeah. But Dino did, I, and yeah. it was brilliant. And I totally agree with what you say. Totally agree, man. He was uh, an absolute. He would have. What would he would have been if he hadn't got injured in terms of England and maybe not West Ham. He might not have been in West Ham for much longer. He may have gone to Man United to partner Rooney, but still. Mm. Okay, sure. Dino. Dino's him. Who's next? Um, this man uh, was only with us a short period of time, but it's Carlos Tevez for me, mate. Um, what he done in that season to save us in uh, the Great Escape season mm. uh, was was miracles. Like, what Jay Lings is doing for us now is what Carlos Terra has done for us all them years ago, back in 2007, I believe. And I, the goals he scored, the free kicks he scored, um, and I know he was only with us a short period of time, but yet again, another player went on to do a lot of things with different big clubs. And it was just a shame mm. that we couldn't have had him again like for a longer period of time. Um, it was a big, it was a bit of an R one, this one, because I looked at John Arntzen and I remember John Arntzen playing for us for many years and Paul Kitson, even uh, growing up uh, the, the Kitson Hartson uh, team in 97, when they was uh, both signed by Harry Redknapp and they saved us then. But when I look at Tevez, the skill of the man, the finishing, the penalties, the free kicks. He was just a top-class player, mate. And it's just a shame we didn't have him longer. It was a real shame. It was a real shame. It's one of those things, again, you know, he came in and made such an impact straight away. Not really. He made impact because it's sort of in, in terms of the transfer, not necessarily on the pitch, but it just shook everything up. You know, it was the first time that someone, you know, a relatively small fish, really, in West Ham, had these like had a really big transfer and it was like what's gone on here this is really weird yeah and it was like and and he came on and he tried and he was like it's a bit like it's a bit like your boy ben rama you know in terms of how you know he he needs that first goal you know mm. and, and tevez for ages would would try it would keep trying keep trying and he'd hit the post and he or the keeper would put off a worldie and he couldn't, and then obviously that tottenham game where he scored that free kick and he went absolutely nutty i mean we've interviewed like mm. anton and various others who played with him and and they said that was the game that he came off the pitch knowing what it was like to be what the west ham basically west ham meant to people he understood mm. it then because that one game so um yeah brilliant absolutely brilliant yeah player and he did try, you know, he really tried to integrate himself, you know, in the, just in West Hamness. Yeah, he really did try, mm. to, you know, he, he always had a, yeah, he'd always be one of the boys and stuff like that. And we'd have a, uh, an interpreter everywhere he went, nights out, whatever, he'd have an interpreter on the dance floor so he could get involved with all the banter and stuff. But mm. yeah, top boy. So, all right, so we got Carlos, we've got Dino, and then the last one, Jonathan Caleri, clearly. No, mate. Sadly, not. No? Um, okay, it's the one. It, <laughs> it's the one and only Mr. Paolo Di Canio. Yeah. Now, this man was just phenomenal, mate. <laughs> Literally, absolutely unbelievable. Um, for me personally, when he came to West Ham after the Sheffield uh, Wednesday incident and all that, and mm. he came to us, he 
he was coming to a club where if this man performs every can he, he becomes an hero basically yeah. and he comes to the club he embraced the club for what it is and his passionate italian passion is what west ham is but obviously we are passionate west ham fans and he embraced the club and the club loved him back and the fans loved him back he scored one of the best goals wherever we ever see at the bowling against Wimbledon and uh, Trevor Sinclair assisted, assisted the goal and it was one of the best goals you're ever likely to see in world football mm. by a scissor kick from that far out bending it into the top corner um, I think the energy brought to the club and you know what uh, for all the good stuff he'd done he was a sportsman and all like he uh, ever and away on my birthday funny enough in 2000 I believe 2001 um he catches the ball when the, when the player's on the on the floor, like in uh, Paul Goddard, uh, Paul Gerard, sorry, and yeah. basically he had a, he's got a heart and all, like he's he's got a, he's got passion and he wants to win, but he's also got an heart. And the man, what he done for the club, and it was when we got relegated in two thousand and three, that was that was heartbreaking for me personally because I knew that we was going to lose him and was going to lose everyone and. He, he sort of he knew after the Chelsea game that was his last home game mm-hmm. at West Ham mm-hmm. and yeah he's he would always be a legend at West Ham forever for what yeah. he brought to the team and he's up there with Bobby and yeah he's just a top class man Love yeah, it. And I think with, I think with Paolo as well I think you know we and again we we, we said about Trevor Sinclair we we resurrected Paolo's career you know he was on the scrap heap mm. really um yeah. pushed over the ref and you know by playing for west ham he, he you know i've said it before on the channel you know he was put into a an a bracket at the end of the zolas the bird camps on you know that, mm. that sort of top draw you know you know foreign imports in terms of the premier league he wouldn't have done that if he stayed at sheffield mm. wednesday no disrespect mm. to Wednesday, I love him, but you know mm. he wouldn't have done that, and so I think he knows that as well. He knows he became this sort of cult hero, and sometimes it happens with Tevez, happens with with Collins and mm. and, and Decanio. Sometimes a player and a club just work, and it just worked, it just worked. Mm. Paolo and Tevez, uh, Paolo and West Ham, you know, and so yeah, he was an absolute magician, absolute magician, but a different type, you know. Piat was was arguably more skillful, I'd say. But De Canio mm. was was like the, and we were saying about the Bradford City games. It was the it was the entertaining yeah. value of of it as well, which yeah you know, is, is just as important. Yeah, and uh, he always had an argument when it comes to um, taking the ball off someone and uh, put it on the penalty spot. If he, yeah. he, he he has to be his way or no way. So yeah, yeah, he was just he was just top draw though, Russ. Like as. And it's a, it's a shame, really, because when I speak to younger fans, and I know a few younger fans through Hammers Poles and things, they never see Paolo Di Canio. No. But we, we did. And what he what he brings back then was like an elegance of when he had the ball, we all stood up and took note. And that is what we've always wanted. He was a maverick. And he was yeah. like a, just a top-class player. And uh, he could have left us for Manchester United. There was a time yeah. when Manchester United were coming calling and he decided to stay with us. And, uh, yeah, he was just... He's a gentleman. He's a top-class man. And what he he's West Ham, in a nutshell. Passion, commitment, heart oh, and desire. Sure. 
Yeah. Mm. And I think you're right. And I think when you said like a maverick, and I think unfortunately the job is the word maverick now is, is, you know, it's almost like a, a dirty word now. Um, yeah. you know, cause everyone's, you don't get, or you get free, you don't even get free roles, you know, it's <laughs> maverick, you know, you know, everyone has their own job, you know, you, you know, yeah. and I think, yeah, he may not have had the impact that he had, that he would have had in the, in today's team that he would have mm. had in that team. Cause that team was full of those sort of maverick entertaining character. Whenever every team had one, every team had a Letizia or, or Ginola or, you know, they yeah. all had these, these maverick enigma players who would turn it on for some games and be absolutely mesmeric mm. but not that not nowadays it's all about you know it's all about where you fit in the systems and stuff like that i'll get yeah. a soapbox anyway anyway there, there's there's the team jim <laughs> whoa look at that team whoa champions league nice, having a laugh having a laugh my I'll... friend yeah i like that team must admit <laughs> Yeah it's, yeah it's quite it's quite good and in the in their pomp as well yeah it's not too bad that is pretty pretty sweet james mm. man thank you so much my friend um any, anyone watching obviously go to hammers polls james james has loads of stuff over there we've had a you know it's always always good to uh you got anything oh you got the, you got the boat the bowling podcast thing coming up you're doing that in the moment yeah aren't you? Yeah, I've got a few shows going on there, mate. I've got a, a view from the sideline, stateside, for um, Americans to come on and nice. talk to me about uh, like after the game reactions and things. Um, I've got a few from the sidelines, the UK version, where I get a load of people on, interact with them on like a live interaction show. And I'm starting to do a Back to the Bowling series like podcast where I can talk to fans about their pre-game and, and after-game things when it come to the bowling basically going to the bowling mm. when was your first game uh what was your pre-match like routine like where was you coming from even because i've spoke to people and some people have come from as far as australia which you know yeah. i mean to yeah, come yeah. down all the way down to come and watch our club so yeah check it out um i'm trying to uh trying to get some new content out there i do a match day mornings with jazz from West Ham fan TV, really top man. And uh, yeah, really lovely bloke and all. And uh, proper West Ham fan, home and yeah. away. So yeah, top class, man. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right there, mate. Um, and obviously, thank you to everyone for watching as well. Uh, wherever you watch it, whatever platform you watch it, make sure to give it a like, give it a share, give it a subscribe. Become a member or a patron, whatever. Uh, and until next time, take care, everyone. Stay safe. Wash those hands. Um, get those jabs when you get your appointments. Come on, you irons, and we'll see you again very, very soon. Take care, everyone. Much love. Bye-bye. Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.